Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seggy Station. Just a man that has a nickname, what was that to say, with no shame. Friday, September 23rd, 2022. Hope all is well out there, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Been a minute here for me on the podcast. Fired up to be back. Look forward to getting into the sports world today. Rich Hot Takes Letty coming through. Catch up on some NFL football now that the NFL is back. College football is back. Football is all the way back because it's officially fall, summer. Finally winding down, the heat, all that going away is it's finally getting a little cooler out. Plants dying off, football, NBA in a month. WNBA, Las Vegas Aces getting the first professional Vegas championship in history. Celebrating their title this past week over the Connecticut Sun. As the WNBA finals are wrapping up, PGA Tour season wrapped up. Live Golf continues to put on events and cause a stir on the PGA Tour as the President's Cup is taking place right now without some of the best golfers in the world. And it's a shame. It's a goddamn shame. And I'm not going to really be watching it because it's not even going to be really a contest, in my opinion. USA probably will take care of the internationals in what might be the biggest defeat of all time with some of the lineups I saw getting put out there but I'm staying in tune with the golf staying in tune obviously with NFL footballs my New York Giants are 2-0 and I'm extremely excited about that staying in tune with some of the offseason stuff happening in the NBA and obviously all things happen in sports MLB is really cranking up not only getting closer to the playoffs, but they made some 2023 rules announcements and a lot of things happening in the MLB that I really wanted to talk about with Chu that I haven't heard really much at all from Chu. Hope Chu's doing well. I know the Mets are going to be in the playoffs. I don't think the Mets are going to win the World Series. I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Dodgers. We'll see if they can beat the Braves, defending World Series champions who are slated to make the playoffs. Obviously, the Yankees. And what Aaron Judge is doing right now is... As much as I don't like baseball, absolutely epic. And you should be watching every single bat he takes. Because if he's not using PEDs, he might be the best home run hitter we've ever seen in baseball history. And yeah, there's a lot of good stuff happening. A lot of bad stuff happening. Uh, I'm trying to keep it nice and even keel today. as It's been a rough go. Not only for a lot of people out there, but me personally and... A lot of people have it going real good, and a lot of people have it going real bad, and you just got to take it with the waves. I'm excited to be back here for the podcast, for sure. I haven't been trying to get back here doing podcasts, just a lot of stuff going on here at home, a lot of stuff going on, trying to figure out going forward, so podcast has definitely had to take a back seat, obviously. It's been exciting for me to do this podcast and doing it on my own has been something I really enjoyed and I definitely will get back to a point where I'm able to do that I believe um right now it's just been hard for a lot of the reasons um you know I'm looking forward to catching up with Rich today touch on some of it a little bit just I don't know what has kind of happened around me that has changed my perspective on what I was doing And it's just, 
Um, it's a lot to try and explain here on a podcast to either myself because no one's listening or any of my listeners. I'm all these things that I see and read and hear and see about everyone having a podcast and everyone having an opinion and all these things and you know it just gets jumbled up into this what internet world and everyone's got something to say world and to me I I you know I'm not really worried about entertaining people or getting people to agree or disagree either way with anything that I'm saying, I more just wanted to be able to be able to explain myself to people that maybe would like to explain themselves themselves too, but, uh, you know, aren't into talking about life topics, sports topics. Um, and I'm starting to realize that that's what I originally had the passion for. And that's why I started the podcast. And even though I've been extremely down, uh, missing my mom, missing a lot of people that have not even been in my life since I've been doing my podcast. um, It's a lot of stuff that for me and for anybody, you don't even want to talk about. You know, and I'd rather just be silent um, and not do anything. Um, which is why I feel like, you know, these times that I probably could podcast for a minute solo, even though no one's around and no one's hit me back or no one wants to pod really anymore. It's just kind of me and talking either about what I see going on in sports or what I see going on in life and a lot of things that I see and hear, like I said, and it's very, it's a lot, man. It's a lot to keep up with. I haven't potted here for about 14 days and to try and get through all the things not only happening in sports, never mind happening in people's individual lives, but world events and tragic events. And, you know, it's, it's just nonstop. And, you know, it was weird when I just want to say this real quick before Rich gets here and before I turn everything else on, uh, you know, people like myself included were really worried what, when the COVID originally broke out and then the COVID now has kind of gotten to a point where the president of the United States is saying the pandemic is over. Uh, even though 500 people a day are dying worldwide, um, you know, be that as it may and take that as you want to, uh, that's what I'm hearing and that's what I'm seeing. And, you know, there's still individuals like Kyrie Irving who have been dealing with not only vaccine mandates in New York, but in Canada, and I saw Canada by the end of the month will be lifting their vaccine requirement for all sports, which means if you're playing the Toronto uh, Blue Jays in the playoffs, then you'll be able to have all your players, which you weren't able to currently do until obviously the end of this month. Um, So it's been still impacting sports, even though everybody wants to just throw it off like it's gone and maybe it is gone. I don't know if it's going to be still impacting us going forward or not, but it definitely changed. Obviously not only sports landscape, but a lot of things to a point where I think now that we're kind of cracking back out of it a little bit, myself included, um, especially with how it went here on the podcast, it's just kind of almost mind boggling to see um, where we're at, all this change happening around us, not only just pandemic wise, but sports wise. And um, 
yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's been a lot for me for sure. Um, I'd like to just have somebody to talk to with me here on the podcast. So I think that's also one of the reasons why I've just been kind of blanketing it a little bit, but you know, I really, I really enjoy doing this and I love the fact that, you know, I grew this from the ground up. I do this just out of a hobby, a passion, a get all my stuff together and make it work. And I'm excited to see what Rich has to say with all these things happening and wonder if he still thinks I'm semi-insane because I feel like I'm losing my mind. Let me link up with Rich. Enjoy the show. Odd and as much, man. Fucking just, I don't know. I've uh, been busy myself Been doing shit on the weekends and trying to I was going to come in and do it solo a few times, and I was kind of, you know, waiting to hear from, see if Chu wanted to come back around. I don't know. The Mets are going to make the playoffs. Baseball's getting close to the playoffs, but I don't know. I guess Chu doesn't fuck with me anymore. Uh, was waiting <laughs> I, to see. Uh, yeah, was waiting to see uh, what was good with you, man. But a lot of shit happened in the NBA. I was like, damn, I can't wait for Rich to come back around, you know. Chat a little NBA. It's like a month away, bro. And then obviously we got NFL football back. It's like, damn, the sports, uh, the energy with the sports has definitely brought me up a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, dude. I just been, I've been super down about just so much shit, dude. I've been trying so hard. It's like weird. Um, you don't like want to admit that shit to anybody. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's just weird. I, you know, I talked about a lot of this stuff on my podcast before. And then it's like, damn, dude, I don't really want to talk about this shit on my podcast anymore. I just want to talk about sports. And um, it's just been tough for me, dude. Like even recently, uh, just potting because I'm, I normally am not here by myself. So it's just that anxiety that has kind of come with it. My brother is getting ready to move to Georgia here in like a few weeks. So I've been trying to what? spend some even, time with him and that. fucking... You know, I'm trying to help him clean and pack some shit at some point. So it's just like, yeah, there's just like a lot of shit going on in my house. And it's just kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of throwing me off from like all this stuff. And I just feel, I don't know. I just feel weird where I feel why like I'm the, only. Why is he moving down there? Is he moving down with his girl? Or yeah, what? his girlfriend like got a new job and they're like moving down. Uh, You know, she's starting up a job down there and. No, I'm not, I'm not sad about that. I'm, you know, it's just, obviously it's my little brother. It's, it's, you know, whatever, but it's more, you know, I'm happy for him. It's just more, dude, it's just, you know, the last few weeks has been waiting for football and and getting into football has been, you know, what am I going to pot about besides, you know what I'm saying? Like making, it's just like. I don't know. Now that I got games going on, it makes me feel a little bit better about coming back to and potting and actually talking about some of this stuff. You know, it's these dudes that do this shit every day. I give them a lot of credit with like how things are Um, nowadays. It's just just crazy, bro. Everybody's. uh, I don't know. It's just it's a lot, dude. Really is. It's a lot for me. I literally I'm like. Damn, I'm not ever just going to stop potting because I know Rich will at some point be like after a couple months, yo, what's good? You're trying to talk some, especially when hoops come around. We do it yeah. once a week or whatever. So, you know, I, I, hey, long story short on this rant, bro, I appreciate the hell out of you. I told you this 25 times here on the pod, but I'll tell you it again where 
you know, just coming through, talk sports, you know, talk hoops, talk things that are happening. You know, now that we got, like I said, football back and all these things happening, I went to a live golf event. I went to the NFL game last week. Uh, I've been doing a bunch of oh, stuff. Oh, is that what? You, is that is that the golf thing you were at? Yeah, I was at the live. I was at the live event on Sunday. I saw Dustin Johnson win the first ever live uh, playoff event. It was pretty sick, dude. That shit was sweet. Uh, I just a lot of controversy, obviously, some, still like, going I mean, on between the. Yeah, it's just a lot. It's that's what I'm saying. I don't know golf. There's like just that, so much going on, bro. It's like that's another thing too, where I don't when I don't pod for three weeks and I'm like coming back and I'm like. Even after a couple of days, it's like there's just so much. And then when I have like all this stuff saved on my phone, it's like, dude, I just have to like wash it down and like restart with things that are currently happening right now. And even then, you got to be doing it. Like I said, every day, every couple of days, you just fall behind too quick. And, you know, I, it's cool. I, I'm, it's crazy to me because I, I guess I had more time to do it or maybe it was, I don't even know. I used to, think differently of it because i used to do a lot of stuff where i'd be like oh dude i'm trying to set this up i got my games i want to pick this week you know i got this whole lineup of topics and like you know it's it's a lot to do even when i'm doing it by myself i kind of miss doing it in a way and i don't know hopefully i'll get back to doing it where i'm not hitting you up every time to fucking do my podcast but uh yeah i'm excited about a lot of the games happening and obviously getting closer to the nba and like i said been trying to do as much as I can now that I'm hearing things are finally clearing up a little bit, uh, pandemic wise, at least. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at, bro. That's where I'm at. It's been fucking, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. Been cla- classic NBA. Everything's starting off hot with football and they're like, all right, what juicy like gossip story can we put out there? Like, oh, you heard Udoka fucked it, fucked someone. <laughs> it's just like such a classic NBA thing to be like, <laughs> a month before the season and just some like massive story come out. It's honestly, it's not even to me like that. It sucks that the Celtics aren't going to have their coach, but like, I feel like people are, I don't know. I think it's been touched on a few times, like over talking about it when there's other things that could be talked about, like, even though it's pretty new news, but just a classic funny NBA thing to be like some, it's always some like wild thing, like X person not reporting to camp this time last year, literally the same day last year, uh, Rosas, the Timberwolves GM, was basically this exact same thing. Nah, I don't know about the exact same thing. I don't know the details, but he was a GM, not a coach, and he was basically forced out like a year ago right now, too, and it was a story. So there's always some, like, NBA wild shit that has nothing to do with the actual, like, on-the-court stuff. But, you know, lots uh, of stories out there. Yeah, the stories and topics and headlines and all that are great. That's what I mean. There's so much. I'm glad you started with that, though. Uh, I guess there's something to do with this day. It's it's a it's Brady Day, if you – if if you for your information where uh technically this day however many years ago i don't know the exact number because you know me i'm not a brady guy but uh, technically today is the day that tom brady made his first nfl start um the 23rd Uh of whatever year that was probably Probably fucking probably like 2099 or whatever the fuck uh 2001 2000 whenever it was um so, yeah, it's Brady Day. Um, 2001. Wow, I got it dead on. That was a total guess 21 years ago. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so that's the today. Uh, funny that you brought up the Celtics situation. So here's the, here's the thing that I, I honestly thought, yeah, this is just weird for the Celtics. This is weird for the NBA as well. Like, 
Um, with the whole thing that went down with Robert Sarver, by the way, that we talked about here on the podcast and the way they kind of handled that situation. And now I'm sure you're up with it. Like he's going to sell the team. He's going to have to sell the team, bro. Cause you're just going to lose fans, sponsors, money, everything. You're going to have to sell the team. So it's gotten to a point where yeah. at least, you know, he's going to have to sell the team, not the way he should, which should be like via, via vote or the NBA doing something about it. No, he's going to be forced to sell the team via social media and peer pressure of the media. But Hey, it's gonna work. Um, the 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 point I'm trying to make is this dude Ime Adoka is getting dragged through the rakes like he's not Robert Sarver. Like Robert Sarver, he he couldn't even get more than one year and a ten million dollar fine, and everyone out here is asking for his job. And you know, I take it a step further, like you said, where I saw this Brett Favre story, and you know, I see Stephen A. Smith talking about the whole racial aspect of it still screaming on ESPN it's like bro ESPN is so fucking whack now just watch FS1 I know you don't like Skip and Shannon they're fire but Carton show in the morning he's really good he's ta- he's from the fan he I uh, you know he whatever but there's better shit going on I know you don't like Colin but like ESPN is fucking whack as shit you've told me this before I don't watch ESPN more of the story is bro all this stuff I see out there it just doesn't add up right to me like there shouldn't be situations where this is what we're talking about when these other things are happening. Like the Deshaun Watson situation. He's going to play this year. The Browns are actually pretty good. They run the football really good. They have a great defense. They're going to be really good. If they can just hold a float, they're going to be really good when Deshaun Watson comes back, who in my opinion should not be back. You got guys like Brett Favre out here fucking spending welfare funds out of the poorest state in the country. And... No one's talking about him like Michael Vick or Colin Kaepernick when it comes to the NFL. But because what? Because he because he won? Like, to, this is the shit that gets me mad about Brady. Because he wins or because he's really good. We don't get mad when he's throwing tablets and swearing and causing fights on the field and getting dudes suspended. And all I'm trying to say, oh and all I'm trying to say, even on Brady Day, <laughs> is there's just no consistency in any of this shit, bro. Like, the only thing I'd say about Ime Adoka, and I understand the situation involving the fact that you probably shouldn't be doing that stuff in the workplace is bro. You shouldn't be cheating on Nia long. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say when it comes to that. Okay. So there will never be consistency on this stuff. Like a few things like the Rosas, uh, not, not Rosas, uh, Robert Sauver thing, obviously worse than all of this, but very different situation. Cause at the end of the day, Udoka is an employee, and Robert Sarver is an owner of one of the 30 NBA teams. Like, we can say all we want, like, oh, they should force them to sell. Like, we know this from football. Like, the commissioner is not in charge of the owners. The owners are in charge of the commissioner. That is how it works. The owners pay the commissioner's checks. So, like, the commissioner is there to make the decisions that best benefits all of the owners. They try not to piss them off. So, I don't think Silver could just come in there and be like, sell. It got to the point where he had to sell, but very different situation. If Rosas... Why do I keep saying Rosas? If Robert Sarver had done the same thing and been any other position within the team and not the owner, gone. See ya. It was just a more fucked up what he did, just more complicated situation. You can't just immediately sell an NBA team. You can't take an NBA team because that's his money that it's invested into the NBA team. So, like, we're getting to the right spot on that. That'll always just take longer. Let me just say one thing to that, though. Let me just say one thing to that, which is, like, the way it should be, and I heard Draymond Green saying this, and I couldn't agree more. You... If you're the owners, you should be voting on if he should be able to still have ownership of his team. Like, that should be an ownership thing that gets involved. Like, these owners, bro, in these sports, 
but the problem know, this is why this that. is what this you is why you can't that. open up the can of worms because then you're gonna have guys like James Dolan getting voted out and guys getting voted out as owners. So they don't want to do that. So the thing is, is if these situations come up, Donald Serling, Robert Sarver, these situations that come up not only in the NBA but other anything that happens in sports, these things need to get settled in a way that is not just like oh here's a fucking slap on the wrist because it's just pathetic at this point it really is i mean it's not like and there's it's and, kind of not a slap on hold on hold on no let me say my part it's not he's it's not a slap on the wrist like he does he deserve to be punished more for what he did sarver probably but like he was just forced to sell like one of the most valuable things in the world like that's not a slap in the wrist no like, shit dude like, he's oh, gonna get a ton of money for that and realistically it doesn't even okay, matter stop 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 don't this is not like taking his side or something. This is just like, if that wasn't the case, he was going to keep that for 10 more years and all these sports franchises do is increase in value. Like that was, he sold it now when it would have been worth far more in 10 years and he would have been keeping it then. Like they did all they could do by forcing him out. That's what they're doing with other people. He's getting, I'm sure there's other repercussions like fines and stuff that I don't know about, but like they're forcing him out exactly like what they do with Rosas for the Timberwolves, exactly like what might happen with Udoka. Joka, I don't know, but just to go on to his thing, it's obviously not even close to as bad as other stuff. And like, I agree with some of the discourse. Like, it's really not any of our business, to be honest. Like, it probably shouldn't. Like, the Brett Favre stuff should be talked about way more. Like, I think he's getting fucked by it being like juicy gossip because people know who Nia Long is. It's like, ooh, you heard he cheated. Ooh, or someone on the staff. Like, it's not as fun to talk about stuff for the media when it's like oh, did you hear about this rape case? Let's talk about it. And like, it's not, it's like, oh, that's kind of, that's pretty awful. This is more like just not awful enough for the media to play with. But it's like, yo, I'm not agreeing with it. It's just like, I think that's why it's getting talked about so much. But I I can't blame the Celtics really. Like in any workplace, like you don't want the person that's in charge of other people banging people below them because then it's like this awkward situation of like, oh, are they doing it because they feel like they have to have sex with them to advance? Is it like you're creating like an awkward environment, like in any business around, like they'd be like, yo, that was not supposed to be happening. You know that this can't be a thing, like bad luck for us. So I get it. I do just think it's really weird that they suspended him. I said this in our group chat quickly, like last thing I'll say, like suspended him for a year because like no one was making them do that. Like this isn't an NBA decision. The Celtics were like, yo, see you later in a year. And it just seems really weird for a coach to like dip for a year, totally off the team's decision to be like, you're out for a year and this other guy's the coach. And then right after be like, all right, man, you're back. So like I'm wouldn't be completely surprised if he doesn't come back as coach, but I don't, I don't know. Whole thing's weird. Uh, And there might be details we don't know still because like, there's all these people like Stephen A freaking out, like, this is bullshit. But at the end of the day, like the Celtics are saying, this is what we had to do. Andrew Doka was interviewed and he's like, no, I respect the decision. It's what had to be done. So it's like, maybe there's other stuff. We don't know. I don't know. Like he (sighs) seems to be okay with it. Maybe he just doesn't want like to speak about it more in the media. I have no idea, but like, I don't think it's crazy that the Celtics suspended him for a year. I just think it's interesting. Like, is he really going to be back after that? I don't know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not either. I'm just more, I get that this is Celtics doing and not the NBA, but I'm get, my point is my how in the world can you tell me that Robert Solver deserves a year suspension and this dude Ime Adoka deserves a year suspension? Like I just don't 
What? Robert Sarver didn't get a year suspension. He, he's, I mean, like, okay, he that did. was his. He got a yeah, year suspension. Punishment. That was his, yes, that was his punishment. And now he's having to sell the team because of repercussions. Like, you can't, I, you can't force him to, to sell the team. It's different. Like, I guess if the, I guess maybe I misunderstood your argument in the beginning. If your argument's like, yeah, I know he's selling the team now, but he should have received like a two or three, a five year suspension. Like, okay, fine. Like, yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think that's. Yeah, like, like I he think he should have maybe received more, but at the end of the day, it's harder to penalize or force someone to sell or something like that. Listen, I dude, I don't think it sets up a good precedent for any league when your guy is doing something like that for eighteen plus years, and that's the type of for punishment sure. he receives. So that's all I'm trying to say. And then taking it a step further, when you go look at this Ime Doka situation, regardless of how weird it is, it doesn't make sense that like you were saying. This dude's going to get suspended the entire season for clearly we don't know the whole entire story then. And then they're going to bring him back after all this PR breakdown that's going to come from that. And you're probably going to have a down season after just being in the NBA finals because you don't have your head coach that definitely contributed to that run, in my opinion. So I don't know, like can't be much worse as a Celtics and a Patriots fan right now. Fucking they suck. Overall, for the Celtics, bad few weeks. Robert Williams having, I think it's a knee surgery. Gallinari probably out for the year. Andrews lost their head coach. So that was a like, oh, Celtics looking good coming into the year. Not that they're not looking good, but it's like a, oh, slightly slightly different than what we thought like a month ago. Yeah, not looking great. All right, I wanted to touch on some of the stuff I saw in the NBA, uh, minus Robert Sauber, which I, I still don't I still don't know if we're on the same page with this. You're I originally told you when this first came out, I'm like, this dude's got to sell the team. This dude should not be owning this team. And you're telling me basically at the time, you're like, bro, I don't know if he's going to have to sell the team. I can't just make him sell. And now that that, that people are making him sell because of this backlash, people are just like, oh, like, oh. It's like, no, dude, the point is he should have to, like, sell. Like, that's it, dude. You fucked up. Like, you can't own the team anymore. That's it. Like, let, if we're going to come in and act like we're changing the culture out here in sports and society, like, why is this shit still happening? Where people in charge or in power are getting away with shit that you and me would not get away with. Like, what? Like, I just don't understand that, dude. That's just, that just fucks with me every day of my life. And people can t- sit on TV with all this makeup and all this fine shit and don't even say nothing about it. They've been talking about Ime Adoka this whole fucking day, all the time. I just don't get it. There's a bunch of other shit going on, and that's all they care about. It's just stupid to me. It really is. I don't think he should. I, I don't think he should right. be suspended the I entire think. year either. By the way, like if you're bringing him back as coach, you're going to suspend him the entire year. That's stupid to me. So, uh, Twenty-five, well, fifty games, whatever it is, half the season. Like that makes no well, sense. I think it makes no sense. On the on the Sarver stuff, I think you're right. I was more so saying when I said I don't know about that. Like anytime there's legal matters which this ends up being if you're forcing like someone to sell a team or ask them to sell a team and it's with like a multi-billion dollar organization like it's just going to get drawn out like you can't just be like yeah man you got to sell like i agree with you that's how it should be i was more so just saying like i don't think that's how it's going to go and like we got to that spot in the end but like basically through him seemingly being like peer pressured like you said to do that um i was going to say something else on the celtics but i forgot what we were saying on that so guess we can just move along. Yeah, let's move along. Uh, I'll have to touch on this first. Uh, we talked a lot about Donnie Mitchell, uh, he- potentially heading to the Knicks. Um, splash trade, 
since the last time we've been here on the pod with him heading to the Cavaliers. And have we not been on since then? I'm pretty oh. sure we haven't been on since then, dog. It's been a mm. it's been a minute for sure. Um that was an interesting move. Uh not only from the fact that I love Evan Mobley and I love what Darius Garland has turned into at the guard spot, and now you pair that up with Donovan Mitchell and JB Bickerstaff with a lot of young talent on the Cavaliers that, by the way, last season I think had their best record since LeBron James left the team. Um in the playing spot, I think they got knocked out. But I, I love what the Cavaliers are building. And you bring in a guy like Donovan Mitchell, it's like exactly the hurt you're probably feeling as a Knicks fan. I know we talked about this a little bit with, with them. And potentially if they got Donnie Mitchell, you were just like, well, I don't want to give up too much to get Donnie Mitchell, blah, blah, blah. Like to me, though, it's just like really regardless of like how things go for the Cavs, like I'm just still more excited to watch the Cavs now. And – I think that was obviously the impact he would have got, obviously, if whatever team he went to, including if it was the Knicks. And I'm sitting back here, bro. I'm not going to lie. It's just it's just weird to see how this is all kind of gone for the Knicks. Like, the Knicks, I was literally like, oh, man, they're going to have this breakout season. They, 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 What are they, four or five seed in the East? Like, I'm like, this is pretty incredible. And now, I mean, bro, they're back into the territory that we were talking about before they actually made a run, which is like, damn, where are they going to be at? Like, bottom of the East? Like, I, I'm just not so sure I, the I Knicks really are going to be any I good. Really don't think if you're is. trusting in Derrick Rose to be the healthiest since he's been in his rookie year, and I love Derrick Rose, and I, and I think he could be good for you if he's able to play. But, I mean, Jesus, bro, you're rooting on Derrick Rose in his 12th year? Like, I'm I, not really that good, I think much the, of a fan of R.J. Barrett. Um, I like R.J. Barrett and – I mean, I'm not like, oh, he's trash, but like, I don't think RJ Barrett is winning you games. Uh, we saw what happened to Julius Randle, and so I'm just looking at the rest of their roster, and I'm like, I don't know how you don't make that trade for Donnie Mitchell. That's all I'm trying to say. If if you're if you're the Knicks, I don't know how you don't Look, make that trade. At the end of the day, if teams thought Donovan Mitchell himself was winning you games, then the Jazz wouldn't have traded him because they wouldn't have been worried. Donovan Mitchell himself isn't winning games. That's why it wouldn't have gone well in the Knicks. He's a good player. He's a top 30 NBA player. I don't know exactly where he falls. Maybe maybe top 20. I don't know. But, like, um, I'm I'm happy the Knicks didn't do it. The price that it seems like they were asking for, I forget it now. It was a few weeks ago. Like, was it seven total picks? Some first, some swap, stuff like that. Um, they were just asking for a lot. I don't think that's worth it. Like, if you, if you bring in – if you say like best case scenario for the Knicks this year was like giving away picks in the long run isn't good, but giving away a lot of picks so you don't lose players and you bring in Donovan Mitchell yeah. and say you only give up like some young guys yep. like quickly top in. And like yeah, yeah. You run out there a starting lineup of Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, RJ, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. I don't you're fight you're fighting for the play in still. You're not a top four or five seed in the East. There's no way. You're not better than the Bucks. You're not better than the Nets. You're not better than the Sixers. You're not better than the Heat. I'm missing. You're not better. I mean, I'd say you're right in, even if the Listen, you're probably right about that. But I say you you don't have any chance now. So so heading into a season. Okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. So if you do that, you mortgaged your whole future giving away all those picks and giving away young guys that other teams do like quickly top and grimes like whatever they're not going to lead to a bunch of wins this year but like having young guys that you're developing is valuable you can get picks for them and having a bunch of first round picks is valuable so if you mortgage your future to get 
two games better in the standings and still be at best a first round exit? Like, what did you really accomplish? Right, bro. You just two games better in the standings. You, you bring in Donovan home. Mitchell. All right. Two. I'm saying two spots better. Like what? At the end of the day, if we're both sitting here, the roster I just read out to you, if they keep mostly all their players in Donovan Mitchell, they are worse than Nets, Heat, Sixers, Bucks, Raptors. Like they're they're ending up in the seven through ten spot. Like probably unless something goes really wrong, it could be a blow it. But I'd have to go. Hold on a second, Rich. Hold on a second. No, seg. Just give me two seconds. Finish. And if they're right now with the roster they have, I'd say probably not a seven. Like at best, their ceiling's probably like a seven. They're probably ending up in like the the I don't know like nine ten spot like bottom of the play in right now would where I is where I would guess for this year like I just don't think mortgaging your whole future is worth that like they didn't have a team to win now whereas the Cavaliers you look at their team and when they made the trade it's like hell yeah that makes sense they got, gave up some first round picks because they have a really good team right now that can develop together they gave up Lori Markin and guys who barely played for them last year. So they basically did like the better version of what the Knicks were going to do of like, hey, we have guys more ready to win right now, more ready to support Donovan Mitchell because we have two good defenders like he had in Utah with Gobert. We have other offensive options like they did not have around him in Utah. Like the Cavs are a great scenario. I feel like it's weird. It keeps getting brought back to the Knicks. Like Cavs were the better option for him, even if he wanted to go to New York. I kind of think the Knicks had the better offer, but I'm glad they didn't offer it because I didn't want to give up all that just to have Donovan Mitchell and be like, Oh, good. Now we're a six seed that gets bounced in the first round, and we have no picks going forward. Like, that's not a good scenario. Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson next to each other would get toasted in the playoffs on defense. Absolutely toasted. Uh, that is I just. I, I think the Knicks made the right move in not trading for him. I think it's weird that they keep getting clowned for stuff. I think people just like to clown the Knicks, and it's like, yo, people would have clowned the Knicks if they gave up seven picks and all their young guys for him, and then three games into the. Or like, 10 games into the season or five and five. all right. Like, all oh right. my God. Like, all right. Hold on. A second. Hold way. on a second. Right hold now. on a second. Cause I hear a little bit of what you're saying and like, I still don't agree with it, but like, I get where you're coming from with it. I guess like my, it's, it's similar to how I've been feeling about the giants, but hopefully we'll touch on that before we go. But good for that. I guess I, what I would ask you is, would you rather, would you rather have a better chance? Because heading into that season, they did make the four or five seed, right? And I told you they were going to be way better. You're like, no, no, no. Wait, you were you had them down at the 10 seed. You had them down to the 11 seed. So, right? In order to get up to where they were, like, don't you potentially just need a guy like Donovan Mitchell, regardless of how it might go? Yes. Like, all I'm trying to say is, like, yes. in order to get to that spot, to have a chance to potentially compete with those five, four or five teams, isn't that the trade you needed to make? So all I'm saying, heading into a so season I, as a Knicks fan, aren't you sitting back like, all right, well, I guess we're going to be, like you're saying, pr- playing, fighting for the play-in, which to me, like, that's that's just not good. So that's I, not good management. Argument, and when I, you're I trying to build a roster that's trying to compete more. And so I'm just, I'm just looking at it from that sense. If I was a true diehard of the Knicks, I'd be like, bro, what the fuck are we doing? How do we not, how do we not make this trade? That is the argument I've heard from some Knicks fans that, like, I feel like a lot of Knicks fans are irrational about it, and they just want the best players so that the team's kind of good. For sure. About, I, I think that's irrational. I think the point you said at the beginning is correct, though. I think there's many people who look at it and go, like, look, 
we haven't been great for a while. The first step to starting to be good is like you need to get one of one guy. Guys. Yeah, but, you know, I I fully understand that. With and Brunson, you never know. It could be. You, you're shooting it down before you ever it. gave it a chance. And now I think the Cavs are going to be way, way better than the Knicks. You know, I mean, that's just I said it. I said it on here, I'm pretty sure. But I've, I know I've said it to, like, a bunch of people I work with and stuff. Like, I would love Donovan Mitchell on the Knicks. If the Knicks didn't have guys like Julius Randle, if his backcourt partner wasn't Jalen Brunson. Like, it's not set up to go well. It's set up to go perfectly on the Cavs. They have defensive options. Like, yes, they do have a small defensive back as well garland and donovan mitchell will have a tough time but when you have jared allen evan mobley like some of those guys it, it's going to be a little bit easier to play some defense like the knicks don't have that mitchell robinson's a good block guy but he's not like a lockdown paint defender like mobley's going to be like allen has shown he can kind of do it knicks don't have defenders on their roster i don't think it was going to go well if we maybe i don't mind the jalen brunson signing but if we hadn't made the jalen brunson signing i'd be way more in support of this i'm just looking at the team like Look, being locked into Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, and Randall is just not the answer. Like, I'd literally rather see what we have in R.J. Barrett, see how Brunson does, try and get Randall out of here. Like, I I fully get it. Like, the Knicks have been had many years of not even being watchable. Yeah, the Knicks aren't going to be watchable this year, honestly. I don't think the Knicks are going to be good at all this year. I think they're going to be probably one of the worst teams in the East. If I had to guess right now yeah like if i had to guess right now and be like who's going to be one of the worst teams in the east i'd probably say the new york knicks oh i mean i think you're being a little ridiculous like you think you think the pacers are going to be better than the knicks depending well it depends it depends really how things shake out for them i will say right now i think the teams worse than the knicks are i think the magic are going to be fun they're not going to be better than the knicks like think what you want about the knicks like Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle are, like, good NBA players. R.J. Barrett showed he's gotten a lot better last year. Like, it's a, something terrible happened if the Magic are better. Okay. Same exact thing goes for the Pistons. Same exact thing goes for the Pistons. Really? Like, those are going to be young, exciting teams that have a way better future than the Knicks. Okay, way let me just better. say this. I'll say one of those teams is going to be better than the Knicks. One of those teams will oh, be I better won. than the Knicks this year. I'll say this. I'm siding with the Pistons, but I would not be surprised if both. I would rather have both of those teams' rosters on my team than the Knicks because they have more hope going forward, more good young guys. I don't think either is better than them this year. Pacers, I think the same for um, Wizards. Oh, Hornets is absolutely, absolutely going to be worse. Hornets literally could be the worst team in the East this year. They might be if the Pistons and Magic end up playing well. So Hornets down there, and I think Wizards are the 50-50. So like the way I look at it, the Knicks are competing for the 10 or 11 seed, so like right on the fringe of the play-in. But the teams above them, like let me ask you this. Again, pretend they have Donovan Mitchell on the Knicks and they have the same starting lineup, Mitchell Robinson, Randall, Brunson, RJ, Donovan Mitchell. Are the Knicks better next year than the Cavs without Donovan Mitchell? I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think the Cavs are a little better. Are they better than the Hawks? I definitely don't think so after the DeJounte Murray trade. Are they better than the Nets? Definitely don't think so if Katie and Kyrie are back. Are they better than the Bulls? Doubt it. Doubt it. I mean, maybe if their guards are all hurt again, but doubt it. And now we're up to the Raptors, Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, Heat. Like, again, I don't know if they're better than a single team other than maybe the Cavs, and they definitely push above the Wizards with that Donovan Mitchell trade. So for me, it's like, what did we really miss out on we missed out on being the nine seed in the play and instead of the 10 or we missed out on being the eight listen seed in the play listen to me like 
no, I'd rather be the 10, keep our pick. The Hawks. The Hawks were a team that, like the Knicks that same season that made a nice run. What they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals? Mm-hmm. Fell short, right? Yeah. Last season, down season, right? A lot of people had more expectations for them to do better than they obviously did. And what did they do this offseason? Made a splash trade that now has you saying, man, dude, the Hawks, they could be up there in the standings. All I'm trying to say is if you're going to have these opportunities to get better, you got to do something. And the Knicks, to me, did nothing. It did absolutely nothing. So, Which of those teams am I wrong about, though? Which of those teams would they have been better than? You won't know because they didn't make the trade. All I'm trying to say is maybe they would be better than the Cavaliers without Donovan Mitchell. They could be on the same level that they were on the same level with the Hawks. I'm just saying, you're just answer the question to me. Can they be on that level if they don't make the trade? Obviously not. Obviously not. You just literally told me that you're like, no, they're at the bottom of the fucking East. You literally, you just said that they would maybe be on the level of the Cavs if the Cavs didn't have Donovan Mitchell and they did. The Cavs were the nine seed last year, and that's eight teams better than them. So you're basically saying they would maybe move up one. I think they could be better than the Raptors. I think they could be better than the Raptors. Hey, my point. Hey, listen. My point is, you're not going to be better than any of those squads if you don't make any moves. And that all I'm trying to say is, when you look around, even with a team like the Lakers that everyone just still shits on, they're still trying to make some moves. And it's like if you try to make some moves, that's the only way you're going to try and get better. Uh. Even though I don't think the Lakers are going to be better you're than the Clippers. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But you're, I feel like that's ignoring the context of picks. Like that's just pretending picks are like, eh, you just throw them in. Like giving asking the team asking you to give up six, seven picks is mortgaging your future for that trade. Smart teams do not mortgage their future. The Knicks in the past probably would have. I think it was a smart move not to. You don't mortgage your future for a piece that does not push you over the top. All right. When you, looking at the rest. Then of I just want to, you know, we're getting closer to the season. We're getting closer to the season. I just want to know. You know, maybe one out of each each conference. Where are you saying it's the Cavs? Are you saying it's the Cavs? Where it's like this is a team that's going to be up out of the plane that was in the plane last year. Like you know, surprises us this year. You think that that's going to be the Cavs this year in the East? Yeah, I would say the Cavs are going to be better than the Bulls, the Raptors. Um, yeah, if I had to say my top six teams in the East this year in no particular order, like the teams that won't be participating in the play-in. Yeah. I would say the Sixers, no order. The Bucks, the Celtics, the Cavs. I guess I'll say the Nets and the Heat. So that bumps out the Bulls and the Raptors who were there last year. I, I don't think I said the Hawks. Like that puts the Hawks right around the seven. I think the Hawks could easily be there over like the Heat, over the Celtics if something goes wrong, over the Sixers if something goes wrong. So seven teams that I think will be up there. Obviously, one of them's in the play-in. I think the Raptors, I think the Bulls, I think some of those other teams, Knicks, obviously, I think they're just a step behind those. All right, yeah. That would be my guess. So I think the Cavs are in that, again, it's like a top seven to me. It's really like, do you think... I think you're going to see, once a lot of this NBA talk heats up, I think you're going to see a lot of this stuff coming from, you know, the experts, which is... The Cavs are going to be that team out of the East. And I think the Clippers are going to be that team out of the West. Because I'm seeing Kawhi Leonard now healthy for uh, training camp, fully healthy for training camp. You still got Paul George. You bring in John Wall, which 
I know a lot of people are shitting on John Wall. I think the Clippers are going to be a top seed in the West. They're going to be up there in the West this year because I think John Wall is going to be balling. If Kawhi just can stay on the court, uh, the the Lakers are going to have a tough time keeping up with the Clippers. But I will just say, I will just say, we're getting closer and closer to the day in which Russ is still on the Lakers to start the season. And all, and all this smoke that's been coming out of all this airwaves and Twitter boxes and all this shit, I saw interestingly enough though his wife with a with a interesting IG post yesterday where it just or a few days back where it just I don't know it's not it's not looking great. I'm I'm like, "All right, dude, maybe maybe he just doesn't even want to be there either." Um Yeah, I I'm just I'm just ready for the season to start and yeah, I'd be just be curious want, we we know he doesn't want to be there cuz the reason him did you read the his agent put out, I think we talked about it on here, like an unprecedented like reason for their breakup from the agent side. And it was basically like Russ wanted to be let go by the Lakers. And his agent was basically telling him like, yo, if the Lakers buy you out or trade you to a team that buys you out, you're going to get a vets minimum. No player, not no player, almost no player after getting a vets minimum starts getting bigger contracts. Once you're a vet minimum guy, you're usually a vet minimum guy. He's like, your best option, if you want to be Russell Westbrook, if you want to get paid money, if you want to be paid, because the agents want you to get paid, that's where their checks are coming from. He's like, you need to play out this contract and prove that you can be valuable. And that's where their disagreement was. And that's literally the reason why him and his agent separated. So like, I think it's pretty clear that Russ ideally doesn't want to be on the Lakers. Maybe something that, that was a month ago, maybe something's changed in the last month, but like as of a month ago, he, he got a new agent because his agent was like, yo, stay on the Lakers. And he's like, that's not what I want to fucking do. Yeah. Well, he's still on the Lakers, pal. I know. Well, at, at the end of the day, it's not his choice. He can't just leave the Lakers. The Lakers would have to offer to buy him out or would have to trade him, which I don't think they're in the, like, say what you want about Russell Westbrook. The Lakers roster is not good, in my opinion. You'd have to feel like he is just holding your team back so much, like locker room wise, to buy him out. Like, I don't think Russell Westbrook's the most valuable NBA player anymore. But I don't think it's like, all right, let's give—I don't even know who their end of bench guys are. Like, let's put Wayne Ellington out there for forty minutes, and like, no, you'd rather have at least twenty minutes of Russell Westbrook than what else he got there. So, like, I don't see the Lakers buying him out unless it gets to be like just a terrible situation in the locker room or something like that. Cause he's not like a, you know, same as mellow years ago. He's not what he used to be. Certainly he's not as valuable to a team, but that doesn't mean he's like not a playable player on a team as long as his attitude's not. Good. Yeah. What's going on with mellow? Is he joining any squads or what? So I was looking at the Celtics squad, Let's but see. I guess they got too many issues right now. They're probably not bringing him in. I mean, I didn't like it when I thought Gallinari might be playing. I he can, I think he can play the role Gallinari can play. I don't think he'd be getting much. I don't know. I always think I just think about it selfishly as a Melo fan. It's like I want to see him on a team where he could win a ring, and I want to see him on a team where he'll at least hopefully be getting some burn in the playoffs. Celtics are a good defensive team, and how their whole defensive scheme works is not throwing a liability out there on defense. Like he could play regular season like twenty minutes a night for him, but like. Mello's not touching the court for the playoffs. Yeah, that's Celtics, just... Or the Celtics in the playoffs. You know, I see... So, like, I don't know. I, I think it'd be cool to see him go to the Nuggets. I'd like him to go to the Nuggets. Again, I don't know if he'd play in the playoffs. I don't think the Nuggets are a favorite to win a ring, but I know they'll be in the playoffs. 
I know he could just do his spot up threes. Jokic could be at the ball to him here and there. Like whatever. I think it'd be fun to see him go there, but I just want to see him be on the team. The Nuggets. Oh man. I mean, hey, it's where it all started. I would venture to guess this is assuming he gets signed, this is probably his last year, I would think. But Yeah, we'll it's gonna be that time for some of the all time greats and I'm not yeah. throwing Melo in that category, but he's an all time great. I mean, at least in the NBA. Oh, uh absolutely. you know, it's just I mean, weird. I've been seeing all these people kinda fading off into the retirement. Um then you still got guys like Tom Brady taking the football field and LeBron James playing bald, but hey, you know, just got to appreciate the greatness while you can. Um, yeah, dude, I think it's going to be tough for a guy like Melo. Um, he might be able you know, to, like I, you said, I get that I'm one last year hurrah, and maybe the Nuggets give it to him. That'd be pretty cool. Um, you know, maybe the Knicks can I'm give it to him. They can, he can boost that bench lineup. Maybe they can get up no, one spot. No, 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 don't come to the Knicks. Don't, don't fucking do that. I'll actually be mad if he comes to the Knicks. Oh man! Don't like don't don't do that. Just to yourself, don't do that. You're just gonna get shit on in your last year because Knicks fans just need something to shit on. That's just funny. Shit on the Knicks, like don't please don't do that. All right. Uh, Any other team? I had to bring this up quick because I saw this and I'm pretty sure we talked about this. You know, maybe a month or two months or a few months before this happened, which. I saw the NBA and the NBA PA are expected to agree on lowering the draft age eligibility from 19 to 18 in the new CBA. Probably just enough in time for, uh, uh, what's his name, Levy Jr. to come into the league. But yep. Um, you got any thoughts on this? I, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit, and I, you know, I think I pretty much told you where. For me now, with how dudes are making money in the NIL and you know, even the G League and whatnot, it's like, dude, if a guy's good enough to go straight to the NBA getting drafted, like, you go look at how many guys have played in the NBA, it's like, there's <laughs> like 2,000 guys, this is like 72 million people. <laughs> it's just like crazy. So, I mean, if you're able to get spotted like that, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> You know you're gonna I think it's, at least have a good shot. I think it. I think it's just what what is today's culture in today's day and age where it's like, bro, once you turn eighteen, like, you know, you can do pretty much whatever to monetize on yourself, not only in the sports world but going forward. So if you're the NBA, I don't understand why having these restrictions on these guys going forward. It just doesn't make sense to me, really. So I'm, I was happy to see that, honestly. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, they previously part one of the reasons they got rid of it felt like it was like you know a lot of guys coming into the NBA and back I don't know back in the 90s early 2000s it was almost the opposite of now now it's like old guys like you see guys that can still play like Jamal Crawford the last few years you know maybe Melo right now some other guys where if this were 20 years ago they'd been signed forever ago like it was so hard for young guys to get burned and now it's kind of switching it's like more like you know, you need athleticism. You need guys who could guard on the wings. You need guys who are quick getting up and down the court. Like, it's more of the old guys getting pushed out for the young guys. And we have the G League now. So it's a little bit better for these guys to get a chance because they got rid of it because guys coming out of high school, like, not playing for years, like, maybe not end up making it in the NBA. Like, we know the Dwight Howards, the Kobe's, Kevin Garnett's, like, the guys that were filthy, J.R. Smith's, like, guys that, like, succeeded coming out of high school. But 
there were a shitload of guys who were drafted out of high school who you just never heard from back in the day. Who yeah. Be really good. And it sucked because they lost their eligibility. But now I like it because it's you don't need to you don't need to sit behind a bunch of vets on the bench. Like it's like word if you're going to be sitting behind people, like go play in the G League for for a year. Like it's all good. Like you're only 18, 17 years old in some cases. Like like go to all good, dude. Go to the G League. But we'll see you at the end of the year. So I like it if guys are eligible to be drafted. I think they deserve to. I think it was a little bit of the NBA trying to protect guys from themselves. And it was a lot of, I don't know how much the NCAA had to say, but the, the NCAA is probably pissed about this because the guys that are able to be drafted right out of high school are the guys that would have been the biggest college stars because people knew them coming out of high school. So the NCAA probably pissed about this, but like, what have they ever done for the NBA? NBA doesn't give a shit. Like whatever, we'll take some of your guys away. So college, college probably hates it, but I guess last flip side and thing I'll say, maybe it brings us back to a little bit more where college was 15 years ago, where you don't have quite as many one and dones because maybe a lot of those top guys are going right to the NBA. So maybe it's a little bit more college, like how I remember it from the earlier UConn days where like you got your guys who were drafted two and three, like Okafor, Ben Gordon, who are like seniors staying there. And like, I, it won't go back to that level exactly, but I think maybe slightly more of a shift. Yeah, way. dude, I don't know how many guys you're going to see coming straight out of high school. I'm just happy that they've allowed it. I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys getting drafted straight out of high school, dog, and and impacting the league. I'd be stunned. Four year would be my guess. Yeah, and if all those, it's not like it'll be like one every other year. Like they're going to be like, because because by the time you get to like think about it, by the time you get to the top fifteen picks are usually like the guys people kind of know. You start not going knowing guys twenty to thirty. Like I feel like instead of taking like a junior that's a wing defender at some school like a lot of nba teams will be like fuck it this is like the second highest ranked high school recruit let's just draft this guy throw him in the g league and see what happens like i'd be shocked if it's only like one or two a year i feel like it'll be closer to like the upwards of three closer to like five around range a year so i think there'll be a good amount of them. interesting same as before a bunch of them i don't think we'll hear of like a bunch of them will probably get stuck in the G League and not develop into what they thought they were. Because there are a bunch of guys who are top high school recruits or even top college recruits that don't end up even making it into the NBA. Like, a lot can change from, like, 16, 17 to 20 years old when you're developing in basketball. So I think a lot of them still won't make it that are drafted, but they'll at least be making checks in the G League and hopefully have a few chances to make it to the NBA. Yeah, it's an, I didn't really think about it that way, but you're probably right about that, actually. I mean, it makes more sense if you're able to get your hands on that those potential prospect guys. But I don't know. I still don't know if it'll shake out that way, but it'll be interesting to see now that that uh, restriction has been taken off I'm, the I'm just guess, NBA I'm just guessing too. We'll GMs. See how it goes. Maybe teams are scared to do it the first year or two, but I'd say at least a few years from now, I'd for sure expect it to be multiple All right, just year, if not right away. Yeah, just real quick to clean up uh, our rant before. So it was in July. Yeah, I have it right here. Utah turned down an offer from the Knicks that included R.J. Barrett, O.B. Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. I I would have been annoyed. That's crazy that they turned that down. And I also have this, which is the Jazz turned Rudy Gobert. Hold on. The Jazz turned Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell into Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Leandro Balmaro, Oche Aljabari, which is, he's out of Kansas. That's Walker Kessler. 
out of Auburn, Gerald Vanderbilt, Laurie Markinen, THT, Stanley Johnson, seven first-round picks and three first-round pick swaps. That's actually, that's insanity. That's fucking insanity. I'm glad you said that. That's crazy. So, I don't know what the fuck the Jazz are going to be this year. Probably the worst team in the league, but that right there is insanity. I did want to mention that because I do think the Jazz are going to be the worst team in the league. Uh, But that right there is insanity. You got back that much for two players. That's crazy. It'll be the Jazz or the Spurs. It'll be one of the two. I'd probably vote for the Jazz. Um, But I'm glad you said that because that was like the other point of the whole thing that I forgot to bring up. That was was the exact trade. You're right. Um, Jazz turned it down. That was early July. Yeah. It seems like from the people that I heard like talk about all this, what happened between that is the Knicks were kind of like, yo, we're not increasing our offer. Like, who are you? Who's bidding against us? Right they now? wanted like, more. Seem like there were what you're saying that they want the Jazz are wa- wanted more. Well, yeah, because the Jazz declined that trade. There wasn't the Knicks offered that, and the Jazz declined that trade. So the Jazz, like Danny Ainge, is known to do. This was I just forgot about this. This was talked about at the time, like pretty widely. But the Jazz turned it down because that's why you turned down a trade. You want more than that. Um, they were asking for seven first-round picks initially. And I forget what else they want. I don't know if they didn't want R.J. Barrett because they didn't want to pay him. I know they wanted Grimes in the trade. That was part of what Danny Ainge had said. But they declined it. And then it seemed like what happened over the next month is the Knicks weren't offering more. And then the that offer wasn't even on the table anymore from them because the Knicks were probably like, who? Like we're not going to keep just bidding against ourselves on this one. And that's when the Cavs kind of came out of nowhere. So like, people are attacking the Knicks as a loser in this deal. I think the Jazz are the loser, to be completely honest. Like, I think almost any NBA fan can look at what the Jazz got and look at the other side of, well, how many first-round picks was it? Five, six first-round picks, and Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, and an O.B. Toppin. Like, that's a that's a better trade. I'm not saying for the Knicks. I'm not saying for the Cavs. For the Jazz, would you rather have three Cavaliers picks and Laurie Markkinen and a first-rounder? I forget who they got. Or like five or six Knicks picks. Like at the end of the day, Knicks picks are valuable. So yeah. Fuck shit up all the time. And you'd have RJ Barrett and you'd have Obi Toppin and you'd have Mitchell Robinson. Like I think the Jazz are the loser. I think if people are painting the Knicks as the losers, like fine. If you love Donovan Mitchell, like I guess it would have been good for the Knicks to get a star. I think that's too much to give up for him. Yeah. The Jazz are the real losers. You could have had way more if you said yes a month before and you went for a way lesser offer. Cavaliers, the biggest winners. Jazz, the biggest losers. Put the Knicks wherever you want. That I'll agree with you on that. I don't know what the fuck the Jazz are doing. I know everyone's got Danny Age up on this pedestal. Like, he's about to fucking turn shit around. Like, all right, dude, good luck. Like, maybe five years from now. Like, I think the Thunder have a quicker rebuild than the fucking Jazz. And I'm still mad about where the I Thunder will, at because Chet Holmgren's gone gonna, for the year. No, I don't. Dude, stop. You have, you have Shy. You have Dort. It sucks about what happened to fucking... Yeah, I'm pissed, dude. Chet Holmgren? But no, the only yeah. thing I'll say, last thing I'll say before we move on... I'm not going to get on Danny Ainge too much because, like, yes, I think he got Donovan Mitchell a little undervalued, but he probably positioned, even though I think Rudy Gobert is a great player, that might have been one of the best values ever in a trade, I feel like. Like, he treat, he got more for Rudy Gobert than the Nets could get for Durant or that he could get for Donovan Mitchell. Like, that's incredible. So, like, I'm not going to get on him too much. At the end, it evens out. Like, if you had told me what do they get for Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and showed me all of that combined, I'd yeah. Go, okay, that looks about fair. If you told me that Rudy Gobert contributed to like eighty percent of that, I'd be like, "What? What happened now?" But hey, at the end, it all kind of evened out. The Donovan Mitchell one, they just—I don't know. Maybe they didn't want big contracts and Mitch Robinson and R.J. Barrett on their roster yet. But like, 
what like what do you have now sexton and nothing else like come on you they don't even have a center i think they're trading for kelly olenic right now and they just traded for some other they just signed cody zeller like why not just bring on mitchell robinson and rj barrett who are pretty young and who are like far more interesting prospects and like already better than a lot of those like rj barrett better than sexton no matter what you i'm like he is rj barrett's going to have a better career than sexton i think rj barrett is currently better than sexton Mitchell Robinson can be iffy at times, far better than Cody Zeller and Kelly Olynyk. So, like, I don't know why you don't just make that trade. But yeah, I, yeah, dude, I I don't know why they didn't make the trade either. I, I mean, you seem like you don't want the trade, but like, I'm still stunned that the 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 Knicks didn't get down on Mitchell. And I think the Cavs. Yeah, I didn't want it as a Knicks fan. If I was a Jazz fan, I'd be like what the fuck did we turn down? We could have had, like, watchable pieces next year. Even Like, come on. I'd rather be bad and have R.J. Barrett and Mitch Robinson in pieces than be bad and have Colin Sexton and Cody Zeller. Like, <laughs> like at least give me some hope for the future. <laughs> All right, stop shitting on Colin Sexton. That's, Chill out. Um, I'll say, like, who are you even, when you're in these positions, you want to be developing someone. When you were the Thunder the last few years, like, clearly Dort developed. Clearly Shy's gotten a lot better. Like, if you're looking at the Jazz, it's like, are you moving forward with Sexton? What's he like? Yeah, dude. Off an injury, like Sexton and Larry Markkinen is the future in Utah, baby. Don't you got wrong. Sexton's probably going to have a great year stats wise because he's just they're just going to be like, here's the ball, dude. Like, do your thing. Like, he'll probably have a great year statistically. But it's like, who are your young guys that you're like? I guess they got with a one guy from the Cavs, so I can't remember his name. Like a 15th pick this year or something, but. We'll see. Uh, I wanted to touch on some NFL before you got to go. Um, just real quick. I saw it's Jeff Bezos, Larry Ellison, and Bob Iger among expected candidates to buy the Suns and Mercury, by the way. Um, did you catch any of the WNBA playoffs? I almost went to the WNBA finals game. It was uh, no, They were playing the Connecticut Sun. I would have liked to. I mean, like, I'd, I'd look at ESPN and I'd see some of the scores. Like, That's a shame. Kept, they kept being on at the same time as football like why are you doing that um yeah i saw I, that i didn't i would i would like to but i guess it wouldn't have been that hard so i shouldn't say i would like to don't want to come off as a WNBA hater because when i do catch it like really talented basketball players but i don't catch it yeah it means you missed sue bird's last game that means it's crazy bro there's a lot of people going going off into the sunset here you got serena williams roger federer yeah uh just the list goes on and on of these people retiring, man. We're getting old. Yeah, it's crazy. All the all the guys, all our generation grew up on being like the icons, kind of all retiring. Yeah, still got LeBron though. He's bald. He'll be the goat, no yeah, problem. He'll be taking it on this year. All right. Uh, before I touched on any of that week three action coming up, plus the game that happened last night, which, by the way, I just need to throw this in here real quick, dude. This shit is pissing me the fuck off, dude. I I just need to make myself very clear. with. I brought this up before with you, and I just need to make my, myself very clear. The reason I think sports are rigged is because of gambling. Like, that's the, that's the sentence. The reason I think sports are rigged is because of gambling and the amount of money that are on these sports games. And, you know, this shit goes back far, far, far back, Rich. I mean, you know, it's not like all of a sudden everyone's allowed to gamble like we are and now everyone's gambling. Like, people have been gambling before gambling was apparently quote-unquote legal. I mean, it's like the whole thing with, with now all of a sudden you can go buy 
marijuana at the store and people are acting like people weren't smoking marijuana before. It's like, what the fuck? What is happening? But regardless of the point, Rich, I swear that like some of this stuff that I see happening, you want to call them bad beats, you want to call them whatever you want to call them, it's... It is mind-boggling to me. And I got this chart, Rich. I got this chart of all these games. Right? I got this... I just want to ask you to define one thing. I got this all tracked down, Rich. And I just want to ask you something. Here's here's all my games. I normally track all the games, Rich. I just want to ask you something, Rich. And my dad was telling me this, too. And I, maybe this is just a coincidence, dog. Maybe this is just a fucking coincidence. And, and I'll, we'll see how it breaks out for the rest of this year, and then I'll come back at you. But the first week, there were seven favorites and nine underdogs. That, that, that was the breakdown of the 16 games. Seven favorites, nine underdogs. Week two, eight favorites, eight underdogs. Last night, we had a favorite. Right? And, I, and, I'm, and I'm all for, uh, you know, this shit being legitimate because i love sports until the day i die but all i'm trying to say rich is last night they had a super boost going on plus 800 odds you know i think the max bet you could put on that is 50 so i only had 15 on it for 135 dollar payout all if you have all the people that i talked about this last year with these boosts in the playoffs if you throw 50 dollars on these boosts bro and it all hits it's just crazy to me i get the book gets money back but just the amount of money that is involved in all these games, it, it, it's it's just crazy to me, bro. It's gotten so out of control. I was the guy advocating for sports gambling, and now I sit back and I'm like, bro, this shit you, is what, out what, of what fucking saying, control. Though? What are you saying? Because so many people bet, that means they're rigged. Like, what is that? Is that the conclusion here? The conclusion is to me, there is so much money on the line there's literally so much money on the line for a spotlight game like that or even even the slate games the whole day games the college football games everything there's so much fucking money on these games bro like it's it there has to be some type of way there has to be some type of way dude there's no way you're telling me all this shit just happens and that's just what it is look We've seen the Tim Donahue thing. Like we we've done this on here before. If someone wants to tell me that refs rig games at times, like I'm, I I don't have an argument. Like I can't argue with you. Like it's happened. I don't. I'm not going to say I think it's currently happening. Keep the fucking refs out of it. They hold suck. On, on. I'm just talking about the sports book, the gambling. I so, yes, but there's only okay. Listen, to, there's only two ways to rig the games. Either the refs are doing it or the players are doing it. It's not like the fucking old Buffalo Wild Wings commercials where Vegas can, like, turn on the wind in the stadium. So, like, if you think the games are being rigged, it's the refs or the players are the only two people that can be doing it. There's no one else that can be rigging the games. Like, one of the other people can be influencing it, but at the end of the day, the refs or the players have to make the decision to go along with it. I have said this many times. There is no possible way on a regular basis the players are rigging the games. Like, People, it would come out. People would talk about it post-career. Teammates would find out. Teammates would literally kill their other teammates. They aren't that good of actors. It would be obvious at times. Like, it, there is literally no possible way the players are rigging the games. Like, I'm putting that out of the question. I think anyone's literally out of their mind if you're watching the games and going like, see right there what happened was uh, Daniel Jones, uh, I think he got paid off, and that's why he did, like, 
fucking know. His team would kill him. It would end up being obvious. Like, absolutely not. That's not what's happening. If you want to say the refs are doing it, I don't really have an argument back other than data is tracked much more heavily now for the refs specifically. Like, I don't, I don't know what goes into the NFL ones, but it's probably more than the NBA. And the NBA, like, makes it public, like, everything the refs are measured on. Like, they track every single call a ref makes in the NBA. They know the high, the refs who have the highest percentage of technicals fouls, the, large, the refs who have the highest percentage of, you know, fouls in the paint called, who call the most three seconds. Like, they know everything. The NBA does not want their product to be rigged. The NFL does not want their product to be rigged because the only reason they make money is through the fans. And I have news for anyone who thinks it's rigged. The sports books are going to win even if they don't rig it, especially with parlays because we're taking plus odds, which means they're in a better position every time. They're going to win every single time. I don't think they need to rig it. There are scenarios where I think it's where like heavy money, like where I heard a lot of people saying it was rigged, 80% of public money was coming in on the Broncos for the Broncos Seahawks game. Um, the Seahawks ended up winning. A lot of people were like, oh, it's rigged. Like Vegas would have been fucking screwed if they lost that. Like, no, they wouldn't. Um, that's only counting the people who bet on the spread. Like millions of people put in parlays, lose, lose, lose. Like 1% of those are going to win. Like, I really don't think they need to rig it. And I think it would be much more much more negative repercussions for the players if they were rigging it and for the league if they were rigging it. So to me, the only person that could be rigging the league and you and someone to have somewhat of a point here would be if you think individual refs are being paid off, to which I would say like maybe it's happened in the past, but like if a ref was re- continuously doing that, stuff is measured so much more heavily now. Like the league would catch on. So at that point we're saying the league's in on it too, and I don't think that's true. Monday night's Monday night football Broncos Seahawks, that was week one. It drew nineteen point eight five million viewers, the most watched Monday night football game since two thousand nine. What a crap shoot for Russell Wilson to go down on. I'd ask you this question, Rich, because I understand completely what you're saying. And every time we talk about this, you know, you bring me back down to where it's like, well yeah, it's impossible. But all I'm trying to say is is it is it is it not possible is it not possible that before that game that before that game that all that money was on the broncos somehow that's relayed down to the football field somehow or or the nfl i guess i guess it would have to be the nfl i guess it would have to be the nfl is in with the book i i guess i mean that's the only way but then but then the thing is the nfl is then in but the NFL can't do anything. The players then have to do something. So that means the NFL has to go ask the players. And you can't just ask, like, one player unless you're having the quarterback throw the game. You can't go up to, like, one fucking tackle and be like, hey, man. Like, yeah, and, the, you, you know, this is where it's just funny. Hold on. This is where it's just funny to me, though. Hold on. No, 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 no. This is just where it gets funny to me because now we just keep talking about it. And then I'd say, is fumbling it twice on the fucking one-yard line not fucking throwing the game? I mean, that's a, that hadn't happened in 35 years in an NFL game. They fumbled twice on the goal line and lost to Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks, the Denver Broncos, a team that everybody's got making a run. All I'm trying to say is when you actually talk about it, it just cracks me the fuck up. And I just don't know. I don't know what side I'm on with it because I bet sports every fucking day of my life, and it's great. I fucking love it. I won like 75 bucks on Coastal last night. Shout out CCU. But it's just mo- – it's the just only the- thing with that is like if we're if we're doing the whole like first time it's happened in this many years and it's like well shit if they've been rigging the games wouldn't it have probably would it you think this is the first time they were like hey what if we have them fumble on the one like no it's sports shit happens like there's a point zero zero one percent outcome <laughs> that's almost never gonna happen until it happens like that I feel like that's what we like about sports like I don't again like if if we're saying that's rigged 
Nathaniel Hackett couldn't have done that because he can call the play, but he can't make the players fumble it. So you had to go up to Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon and say, hey, guys, what's it going to cost you to each fumble on the one? And that's assuming you already paid the coach off to make sure he calls the play for both of them to rush there and that both of them are going to be in. How'd they know not to just pay off one of them that Javante was going to be rushing there? So they went and offered both of them life-changing money to throw their careers away potentially and were like, hey, fumble on the one. No, like that shit is not happening. A record $46.6 million American adults plan to bet on the upcoming NFL season per an American gaming study up 3% from last year. Also up about 6% from last year is mortgage rates. And just wanted to throw that in as well. What's good? The only thing I'll, I'll give it, and it's not betting being rigged, it's like maybe misinformation. I do feel like there is what it's again this might just be like a you know it it goes how it goes kind of things but i feel like over time since i've been betting every time there's a like bad weather game like last night was supposed to be a bad weather game like you'll see all over like twitter like any betting things it's like oh like overs betters are fucked like under like not gonna score any points tonight every time i've ever seen that happen it goes over every single time but i think that's more people like over counting the weather than anything else but I don't know. It's just, to me, it's like, unless you're accusing one individual ref who made several awful calls that affected the outcome of the game, like, fine. I don't think it's out of the question right. for one individual to be paid off. One last thought. One last thought. Higher teams and players. Just one last thought, pal. Okay. If you're betting every day, let me just, let me just break it down like this. If you now that the NFL season's going, you're betting once a week, you know, Thursday, you're betting three times a week, whatever it is. You're betting a couple times a week. Uh, bro, if you're betting like that and now you take that when the NBA comes back on, you're betting every day. It's just, it's too much, too much of this shit happens, bro, where I'm just like, what? I'm just like, what? And I'll just say, it's the same thing that happened to me last night, bro, where I'm watching that game. And there is no way in hell the Steelers weren't about to cover that 7.5. And this motherfucker throws the ball into the end zone with zeros blanketed across the clock. Dude jumps on it. They count it as a touchdown. I'm sitting there in my account. It's 11.35 at night, Eastern time. Like this one, you got to watch football games on motherfucking Prime Video or Twitch. And that's the type of shit that happens. That is that is unfucking believable to me, bro. That is but again my counterpoint to that. That is sickening to me. If sport, if that was like the plan, and they were like, "Hey, you need to win by X amount," you really think it would have been left up to a hail mary that just as easily could have been missed? So it's like that wasn't someone being like, "This has to happen," or else they would have put the game in a position where it didn't come down to a hail mary because he just as easily could have not caught that. So. It ain't no that's fuck. Yeah, listen, bro. That's, that's you clearly course. weren't watching the game because it ain't. It was not no fucking hail mary. It was a slant pass. Was, the I dude know. laterals it back. Yeah, I don't even want to get into it because it's a fucking joke to me. And all I'm trying to say is, if you bet on sports like I do, which is multiple games a week, the amount of times that this shit happens, bro, I'm just fucking stunned out of my mind. I'm starting to fucking. I guess that's why my dad feels the way he does about betting on sports because he's been cooked so many times because I just don't understand how this shit fucking happens multiple times all the fucking time. It's just... 
the, the honest. It cannot be just, oh, this is how it goes. No, I'm con I'm convinced that today, in today's day and world, with all this technology, there you can just buzzer down. There's got to be something, bro. They're cheating in baseball. They're doing all kinds of shit that people didn't know was going on. And you got cameras and buzzers and all this shit. Dude, there has to be a way. There's no way in hell that this just is what it is. I don't know. I'm just... This is the most... I feel like this is the most... It's a wild conspiracy theory see in sports that I'll just never get over. Betting. Yeah, but it's just so... It's not true because anyone who bets... Like, there are people who bet for a living. A Like, the best possible outcome you could hope for on, like, your win percentage for bets. And this isn't parlays. Professional bettors, like, are not making their money off parlays. Like, if they do, then it's like... They're doing straight bets because that's what professional betters do. Yep. Giving you the best odds. Yep. The best odds you can, or the best win percentage you can hope for is basically 60 to 65% win percentage on your bets. And that's like 65% is insane. The, an amazing win percentage is 55%. So winning like slightly over that. Yeah. Majority of professional betters win about 52% of their bets. So that leaves everyone else hoping maybe 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 to win 50 percent of their bets more likely you're losing and you're winning 40 percent of your bets 30 listen of your bets, you're coming in i want you to try something but for me we all the last the only reason i'm saying that is we all have it and i do it too i understand those numbers and still look at the games on sundays and i'm like last weekend i was like Bengals are going to smack the cowboys and i was like the raiders are going to smack the cardinals and i'm watching it happen and i'm like are you fucking kidding me right now? Both of these teams are going to lose, but we all get ourselves convinced we know what's going to happen. Listen, like, pal. We don't. At the end of the day, it's a game. They're professional athletes playing a game at the highest level. I hear you. It's going to go the opposite way. And that's also what I like about it because at the end of the day is if you're going to be into it and you're going to want to bet on a game, like you're going to be willing to, you're not going to win all the time. That's just fucking, that's asinine. If you're able to win 50% of the time, that's like you said, that's pretty fucking amazing. I challenge you to do this because this is what I, that's how I've been doing it, bro, is you know, if you're gonna bet on the games this week, literally go through the one, go through the one o'clock slate of games, and literally just pick one game and put twenty five on it, straight bet, whatever you want, right? And do the same thing in the four o'clock window. See what you do. See what your percentage is. Like last week, I was at the, I threw money on the Giants game. I threw money on the Jaguars money line, and I had, what did I have? I had one. I didn't even throw anything in the four p.m. window because I was down in. I was like my phone. Whatever. Moral of the story is like. I've been doing that. Like, I do a couple fucking parlay, whatever, dollar parlay all the games, but it's more like, here's my two bets of the week. And see what, see how many you can hit. See how many you can hit on the year. Like, last year I was doing that. Bro, I was doing pretty well. I was doing pretty well. And I'm telling you right now, if you track some of this shit, bro, like you're saying, oh, if you track some of this shit, like, and you know how some of this stuff shakes out, I'm telling you, bro, it's not... I'm almost sick to my stomach that I didn't throw a hundred bucks on Seattle money line that Monday night football game because my dad's already always told me this, bro. If you hear that, that you get you bet on the other team. You just bet on the other team. <laughs> and of course, I fucking fall into the trap where I'm like, there ain't no way in hell the Broncos are about to lose to Seattle right now. And what happened? They lost the game on the field. Unfucking believable to me. But you're right. It's a game, and they play it, and. We love it. And we watch it, and we see who wins it. And I just, I I'm just happy the like, Giants have two wins, think, two and zero, baby. Two and zero. I think we're reacting emotionally. Two and zero, pal. I think we are reacting emotionally anytime we say it's rigged, and we're like, this just can't be the way. When I it's know. Like, I know. I know. Dude, how often? How often in sports do we hear the like, even basketball, football aside, like 
this is the first time in seven years someone's put up a 40, 10, and 15, like all these just little things where it's like, look, we're just always going to get the 0.001% outcomes for different things yep. because there's hundreds of games going on a year, like total, like, you know, there's all these games going on, like crazy things are going to happen in each one because it's, that's how it works. Like, again, if we want to say it's one ref, fine, I can get behind it, maybe. Like, I, I'm not going to say it, but... I, I get it. Like one one person could be doing that. Otherwise, not on board. Yeah. So I know you got to go soon. So I wanted to just go through this for a second. Two thousand nine, Rich. Sunday, mm-hmm. September twenty seventh, two thousand nine. Do you know what that date was, Rich? It was not. It was not Brady Day. Sunday, September twenty seventh, two thousand and nine, Rich. Is there like? Can you give me a sport? Like, what are we? What are we talking about here? New York sports, Rich. Um, he ain't going to get this. I, you ain't going to get this, pal. 2009? Was the, the last time the Yankees? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, you were close. All right. It's last time, last time? the Yankees, okay, the Mets, the Jets, and the Giants oh. all won in the same day. Pretty incredible stat, Rich. Pretty incredible stat. The Jets, they somehow beat the Cleveland Browns being down 13 with about 138 left to go in the game, and somehow they lost that game. The Jets, Joe Flacco had 300 yards and four touchdowns, and the Jets beat the Cleveland Browns, which, by the way, won two other games, uh, tough games, division game and a game going up against Baker on opening day uh to to be two and one first place in the AFC North right now heading into some games for week three after Thursday night football last night. But just a couple thoughts here. I just gotta throw these in before you gotta go. The Mets. The Mets, they make the playoffs. I think Rich uh sorry, Chu comes in and tells us what was it? The uh, first time since twenty sixteen they made the playoffs? Is that is that accurate? Is that an accurate stat? The Mets have not made the playoffs since twenty sixteen. Is that what Chewy told me? Yeah. Wow, good for you, Chu. Um, sad you haven't come through. Uh, that's pretty great. Uh, I know me and Chu have talked about that a bunch on the pod, and to, for the Mets to finally be in the playoffs for Chu, I'm excited for him. The Yankees. Let me touch on the Yankees here for a second, Rich. I know you're not a big baseball guy. Do you know what's going on with Aaron Judge currently? <laughs> like, are you at least tuned in with what Aaron Judge is potentially yeah. on pace of doing right now, which is yeah, breaking the AL home run record? Every at bat he takes now is basically he's going to go to tie Roger Maris and then going forward, any ball you catch his, of his is going to be worth about $2 million. If you can get yourself to a Yankees game with a glove and sit low enough, God bless you if you can catch that ball. Yeah. Moral of the story here is, I just need to throw this in there because I said this when Chu was coming around when we were talking more baseball about Shohei Itani where I'm like, bro, Shohei Itani is the best play- baseball player ever. Like, I don't want to hear about Babe Ruth and fucking these guys that were nasty back fucking 85 years ago. Like, Aaron Judge, if he's not using PEDs and everybody wants to come in, I get it. Barry Bonds hit like 73 home runs and Mark McGuire hit 70-something home runs. So, I like those guys. Yeah, I'm down with the steroid era. A lot of people aren't. Everyone just X's them out. They didn't do it. Uh, whatever. If Aaron Judge isn't using PEDs then and you're going to use, oh, well, PEDs and all the, none of these records count, well, dude, this dude might be the best fucking home run hitter we've ever seen. And I know some of this shit get, becomes hyperbole, but, like, we just, you literally just talked about it. It's like, bro, these dudes are some of the... You're going to see the the .1 percentile of shit happening at the professional level of all sports. You take it down to tennis, golf, whatever you want to talk about. This shit is incredible. So if you're into sports and you're watching some of this shit, you're not going to see this shit again. 
You're not going to see guys like LeBron James and dudes like Aaron Judge and quarterbacks like Tom Brady, as much as I hate him, doing the shit they do. So you better enjoy it while you can. And it, not it's just, see it again? I don't I, think you're going to see, I don't think you're going to see guys like LeBron James dominating the league for 20 plus years. I don't think you're going to see guys like Tom Brady winning five plus Super Bowls on the same team. I don't think you're going to see guys Probably. like fucking, like yeah, I don't think you're going to see shit like that. Breaking home run records. I don't. When they're changing the baseball uh, rules and you're changing shifts and pitch clock and no, I don't think you're going to see shit like that anymore, bro. I really don't. I, and with they're changing stuff on the PGA Tour. I don't think you're going to see another Tiger Woods. You're not going to see another Serena Williams. I don't think you're going to see that shit anymore. Roger Federer, these guys. I, I really don't. And they're all heading out. I'm not going to take the side of like, yeah, no, the next LeBron and Serena and all these guys is like, you know, they're, they're coming right away. Like, no, those are like literally like the goats of their sport or like top one or two of their sports. Yep. Like, no, the next one does not just come along. But I think we've seen it over... Uh, I haven't talked about him in a while, but my guy, my guy Max Kellerman, one of his, one of the things I think he always says that's really smart about all of this is like, look, if you're comparing anyone now to an athlete in the past, and you're not talking about who is better in their generation, and it's just who is better, it's it's going to be the athlete now, like who is the better player, because yep. athletes have advanced so much, yeah, and the overall proof from this is straight up track and field yep. where the numbers are the numbers every single year like i don't know <coughs> the names but the people who were runners 30 years ago are still considered the goats but everyone shatters their time yep so athletes are literally just faster stronger bigger like and we're just progressing totally like, agree people coming back from acl tears in six months yeah and totally agree like that's so, like i don't think that the next lebron is coming but i don't think it's absurd to see like to say like hey <clears throat> guys in 20 years are probably better athletes than they are now and they're freak athletes now so like i don't think it's crazy to say another one of these freaks of nature comes along and i think tom brady's like maybe the exception because his wasn't the freak of nature his was like maybe having the greatest coach in football and being one of the greatest quarterbacks and having the great beat like his was just kind of like everything coming together and just having an all-on you know like maybe the tim duncan just like a full-on amazing career maybe you don't replicate that somewhere else so like Maybe Tom Brady's harder, but even with his rules are being bent towards quarterbacks to last longer, play longer. So, like, well, hey, we'll see. Yeah, and I guess to that point is kind of like my point where it's like for Aaron Judge, it's like, bro, this dude's hitting fucking like 100 mile per hour fastballs, getting hummed at him, like 85 mile per hour sliders, some of the best pitchers we've ever seen in the world. I mean, the the stuff you're seeing now in sports in all categories are the, the best players in the world. So, it's like, these guys that get get themselves to the cre- the goat conversation now, it, it's it's just out of this world. And to see it going forward, yeah. it, it I, it'll be interesting to see if these guys like you know Mahomes, Herbert, these guys in the NFL can get up there and kind of do any of that. And likewise in the NBA, where we're looking at some of these young guys coming up to see what they can do. I mean, I it's weird because you like I don't even look like I don't look at any guys in the NBA right now. That I'm like, oh man, this dude is gonna be LeBron James. I really don't. I, I mean, I like. No, because you can't. <laughs> who? You to, who is gonna be LeBron James in the NBA right now? I love John Moran. I love a lot of these young guys. Is it Jason Tatum? No fucking way. Like I don't look at any of these guys that are gonna be any of that. <laughs> it's not. That's the tough part about it. If you're going to be the LeBron, like it has to start when you're literally like, again, a rookie. High school, yeah. You just hit the fucking run. Yeah. Still didn't win it. Super rare, dude. Super rare. But, like, he put up the 
part of what makes LeBron so great, like, isn't the championships argument. It's like the longevity, the statistics he put up. Yeah. The fact that he came in as 18 year old yep. and was putting up like, like something like 21, six and five his first year, then up to like 24, seven and seven. Like he just literally took off. Not Super rare. Yet. So like it will be, I don't think it's crazy to say in the next 20 years, we could see someone who is a LeBron level, like, athlete maybe even player like maybe in like in some of his best years can play like that but like it'll be real hard to find the guy who does it longevity wise because you know it's hard to come in at 18 and be doing that your entire career until you're like 40 or whatever he's going to be so i agree but i think the athletes are going to keep getting better to where maybe 15 years ago how we saw lebron play it's like i could never imagine another guy like this but then not that Giannis is the same. You see someone like Giannis, and you're like, oh, shit, this guy's an absolute freak of nature. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Like, seeing some guys, like, literally just watching, like, Anthony Edwards, Jalen. Okay, yeah, Giannis, Giannis is a guy, I, you know, I'm just blanking. Giannis is a guy that I guess, but, like, even... Like, he didn't come in like that. Yeah, like, yeah, it know, took him a while to develop. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. The, he the guy, like I said, he could be LeBron... During years of his career, he could be as great, potentially. Like, I don't yeah. know, what are we going to say the greatest year of LeBron was? Maybe, like, the 2017 playoffs where he lost but was just on a tear and lost to the Warriors. Like, I don't think it's crazy to say, like, Giannis could be that good in his career for a year. But yeah. he can't do it longevity-wise because the first five years he's, like, coming off the bench and coming into his role and stuff like that. That's just crazy to me. <laughs> it's not even his first five. It was probably, like, his first couple because he's only 27 years old, yeah. dog. And it's, yeah, like – yeah, but like, like yeah, it's. I don't know. Let's see. I feel like Giannis was playing. We just didn't know that Giannis was Giannis until he started putting on some pounds, I which is like what I'm hoping happens to Chet Holmgren now that he's yeah. injured. Yo, okay. just put on like 30 pounds, bro. Yeah, he only didn't. I was being dramatic. He only didn't start for one year, um, but it wasn't really till like. You know, he was playing 30 minutes year two. He's playing 35 minutes year three and on. He's playing more minutes, like, years three, four, and five than he is now. But looks like it was probably around, like, year four where he took a real jump. His average in like, 23, <clears throat> nine, and five. Yeah. All right. We got about, uh, what do we got about? I don't know, 10 minutes or so till you got to go. I just want to touch on. Yeah, some... I got to hop off. I got to hop off in, like, five. But, yeah. You got to hop off in five. Love it. All right. So, basically, I just want to touch on. Some NFL. We got some NFL games this week. We got some teams that are 2-0, and six of them, my G-men included. Big Monday night football game. I know not everyone's buying in on the G-men being legit, but you don't even have to ask me it. Um, the Dolphins, super impressed with the Dolphins. Even though they got one of those potentially rigged comeback victories, hey, I'm all for it, dude. I'm feeling real good about my Tua takes right now. And seeing Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle literally like, one in three when it comes to leading the league and receiving. Tua leading the league in passing, great to see. Great to see. And you got a huge game. As much as I love the Buffalo Bills, I just need to throw in a couple of things here. Buffalo Bills are clearly the best team in the AFC, but I do think they're not going to go undefeated. I think the Dolphins can beat them this week down in Miami, coming off a couple big wins for the Bills. They're traveling, maybe a couple guys hurt. Tua makes another couple splash throws to Tyreek. I'm telling you, dude, the Dolphins are going to be in the playoffs, no doubt about it. New England, they got no shot. Let me just throw in the fact that I think we're looking at the Philadelphia Eagles might be the best team in the NFC. As much as it pains me to say that, I know Duke might not be coming around to talk about it, but I'll just also say this. Let's slow down a little bit with the fact that, oh, the Eagles, man, 
they're going to be freaking going undefeated as well. No, they're not. The Eagles are not going to be going undefeated. The Eagles do look really damn good with A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurts has looked a lot better than I expected. But I don't know. They'll probably lose some games here and there. And I don't expect them to be running away with the NFC. But I will say that I was looking at the one seed in the NFC coming out of that victory of the Week 2 game, Vikings-Eagles, and the Eagles absolutely pummeled the fucking Vikings. So I'm a little worried about the Vikings being the number one seed in the NFC, which is something I thought was going to happen. I have a bet for that as well. Going forward, I'm looking at that Bills-Dolphins game, obviously, this weekend is huge. Uh, You're looking at a couple of 0-2 teams in the Titans-Raiders that are taking – uh, each other on this week that I think is a must-win game for both those teams. So that's a huge game as well. Um, I do think the Giants-Cowboys Monday Night Football game is a big-time football game, not only for, obviously, the Giants fans, but for Dallas fans as well that lost Dak for what could be three weeks, and they just won a game that you already mentioned it. Nobody thought they were going to win on here. They're about to be 0-2, dead in the water, potentially 0-3, and now all of a sudden they can win on Monday Night Football and probably be in first in the division depending on what happens with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's what I love about the NFCs because everyone talks shit about it, but it's always tight. Uh, you got the Washington Commandos yeah. in there. Um, so that's just what it is. Uh, crazy crazy that the Raiders are 0-2. Can't believe they put that game to the Cardinals. Um, yeah. To the Giants. I mean, yeah, don't expect that. Didn't expect them to be 2-0, but, hey, small sample size, only two games. Like, good for them. Good start. Didn't play, like, super hard competition. Yeah. But, over the last few over the last few years, those they're losing one, if not both of those games. Yeah, oh absolutely. Both of them. So um that that's been really good. I was gonna touch on something else you said. I'm forgetting what we touched on in the beginning of the football, but Cowboys Giants they they really teased us with the Chiefs Chargers Thursday night game and then hit us with like Brown Steelers last night. Then I'm looking at Monday like Cowboys Giants is fine, I guess, but I'm kind of like, oh my god, like now no Dak, I'm like Jesus Christ, like here, one of these games, but <laughs> chill out, bro. Saquon's gonna have a night. Just enjoy it. Um, just real quick, because I know you gotta go. You, how you doing in fantasy right now? What's good? I like that. I like that the league is actually set up now, where I don't have to go look at the fucking state. It's just, it's there. Like it's working. Everything's working. I'm like perfect. I'm in second place. I'm in second place. Feeling pretty damn good. I'm feeling pretty damn good. I know I didn't get a Kareem Hunt touchdown last night. But the way I look around that league, bro, that league gets fucking sketchy. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You, there's five of us who are three and one. I got clipped. I got clipped to be three and one on fucking 30 points by a defense and 40 points by Nick Chubb, which is the same bullshit that always happens to me against Ricky McPhee. Fuck that dude. Literally, he always beats me with a 30-point defense. Such bullshit, bro. The, year, the first week of the year, I should have gone 0-2. I lost my matchup, and Chewie and I ended up tying for 7th in points. I was buried in points, and so I forget what happened. On Monday night, I ended up tying Chewie for 7th in points, so we tied for the last spot, and I texted him, and I thought we were going to get a tie for it, and they actually gave both of us a win. So on the first week, there were 8 wins instead of 7, because Chewie and I tied for the last spot, so... I kind of thought I shouldn't be three and one right now, but I am sitting at three and one. I thought it was going to be what? Uh, yeah, that's bullshit. I'm going to text into the league manager. That's fucking bullshit. I mean, hey, this is this is the scoring how it's set up. It's going to happen to someone <laughs> else too, probably, and they'll benefit from it. But 
That's crazy. Uh, yeah, my team's my team's. I was horrified about my team through the first half of the game when Kyler had like zero points because I was like, Jesus Christ, am I gonna have to find a quarterback on the waivers? Is Kyler gonna suck all year? What the hell is going on? And then he carried me to a win in the second half. So my team is good. I've had some people hit me up for for some trades because Henderson ended up being better than everyone thought. So now I'm sitting on Javante Henderson and Swift. So my team's looking really good. Yeah, We're your team's great. nice. Would be looking great if CeeDee Lamb was, uh, I don't know, if Dak was there and if the Cowboys were what we had expected. But who knows? Cooper Rush supported CeeDee Lamb in the second game better than Dak did in the first game. So we'll see. Yeah, apparently there might be a quarterback controversy in Dallas, but we'll just leave that for the next pod. All right, brother. (laughs) Glad we got to finally catch up. Hopefully uh, enjoy the NFL this week. Hopefully we'll catch up soon. And only a few more weeks of sleep. Until we get some NBA action, which will be dope. I think in a week we got preseason starting up. Yeah, training camp started, uh, I think, last week or either mo- this upcoming Monday. Yeah, it comes quick, bro. Already officially fall, so it'll be right around the corner. All right, much love. Talk to you soon. Be good. All right, peace. Hey, we got to play some hoops soon. Make sure you hit me up. I'll be ready to go. Oh, my friend O'Rich. Much love to him stopping through. Probably cap it for the day. Covered a lot, even though I didn't cover nearly as much as I could, which is also kind of bringing me down in a way. I get all this stuff I want to talk about, and it lags on. But I did get some of the baseball in, some of the golf and whatnot here and there. Popping that in. With obviously some NBA coming back, touch on that with Rich, and then the NFL and all that brings to us for what goes by so quick. I mean, even the college football season, that goes by quick. And I guess I'll get out of here on my college football rant, which is, man, this shit is terrible, dude. Like, college football to me is the worst. When you got the number one, number two, number three teams playing in a country, teams you don't even know. And... What I think is even funnier about some of these games is you get these upsets like Marshall against Notre Dame, where Marshall was paid $1.25 million by Notre Dame to play in South Bend. I saw Appalachian State. They're also in the Sun Belt. Both of those teams in the Sun Belt. Shout out CCU, starting out 4-0, not ranked. But that's okay. Appalachian State, they were paid $1.5 million by Texas A&M. They got bounced by them. It's number six team in the country. So I guess there are some upsets when they happen, but too bad they won't let them happen because there's only a four-team playoff. Saw Georgian Southern paid $1.423 million by Nebraska to get beat 45-42. Nebraska also fired Scott Frost. I think it was three games into the season. So not things not going great for that program. Um Great things going on for USC's program. Obviously, the addition of Lincoln Riley and bringing in transfer portal guys all over the map to be, I think, the best college football offense right now, potentially besides Georgia, which is thrown in with their defense, which no one's on Georgia's level. I mean, normally we're saying, oh, who's going to beat Alabama right now? Who's going to beat Georgia? And I get it. They get this parody issue going on because then they only have four teams happening in the final. But I did finally see that. I think they're doing, what, 2026 is when they're expected to finally expand this college football playoff, which is just too late. You can do it now. Saw Coastal would have been in the expanded playoff that they have now been now putting out there uh, 
for last year's format and whatever. It's just like, dude, just do it already. Like, we, we just want to see better games already. And, you know, the NFL is what it is because of how great it is. And when you look around at the rest of what's happening with college football, they're trying to mimic as much of NFL as you can without putting on good games. Like, if you're college football, put on better games. Put Michigan should not be playing UConn. And I'm from Connecticut. That is That makes no sense to me. And as much as I'm angry about it, I still end up watching some of this shit. And it's just embarrassing when you got final scores out here fucking 50 to nothing. It's like, bro, I'd rather see Michigan play a tight game and potentially lose. And I'd rather see a couple of these teams lose and still make the college football playoff, which will still be a thing when they expand it. So I don't get what we're waiting for. And I've been yelling at the top of my lungs for that for years since I've been doing this podcast. I was yelling for sports gambling to be legal, and we chatted about it a bunch today, and it's rampant. Yelling about marijuana to be legal, it's right around the corner, and it's rampant up here now, and it's rampant everywhere now, and it's all these things that I see and all this change around me. It's pretty immaculate, and it's great. And as much as I get down about a lot of things, uh, a lot of things have been bringing me up, a lot of things that I talked about, a lot of things that I see, and particularly my New York Giants being 2-0. Super pumped about that. Super pumped about Monday Night Football. And hopefully I'll be back next week to touch on some of it. But that's all I had for the airwaves today. Finally made it back. Appreciate all listening. I appreciate all of and support as always. You listen to Seggy Station. Much love. Stay safe. Peace and love. Seggy Station.